Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick or the Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be talking about the riskiest running backs going in the early rounds of fantasy football drafts right now based upon their current average draft position. More specifically, I'm going to be going in on four different running backs and discussing why I believe each of these players are somewhat risky going inside of the first three rounds of your 2021 fantasy football drafts. But before we get on in to the breakdown of these running backs, I'd like to ask that if you are new to my YouTube channel and you do end up enjoying today's video to please make sure that you hit that subscribe button down below not only is it free i put out content every single day to help you guys win your 2021 fantasy football championship and while you're down there please make sure you hit that like button whether you are new to the channel or not to help boost this video up the algorithm so that more beautiful people like yourself can see today's video i'd also like to let you guys know that i post articles every single day on osmo.com so if you want to help me out please make sure that you check those out in the pinned comment as well as in the link in the description. So without further ado, let's get into it. The first risky running back I want to be talking about is from round number one, running back of the New York football giants, underdog ADP, running back six off the board, overall pick 11.2, say Quan Barkley. Now, a couple of weeks ago, and for about some decent time now at this point, it hasn't really been something that came out of nowhere. There's been talk about maybe them resting Saquon Barkley early on in the season. Maybe they put him on a snap count. They put him on a load management where maybe he doesn't get all the touches in week one, maybe not week two, maybe not week three, maybe into week four, and they're kind of just playing him a little bit, and you kind of get screwed over for those first couple of weeks, and do you want to really pay the price for that when you're drafting him inside of the first round? But as things continue to ramp up with this discussion and the realer it seems to be that he was going to be on a snap share in a load reduction scenario in New York people started to backtrack off of him and he's falling deeper down into the first round right now pick 11.2 now I still see him go in the top five in a lot of drafts so we're to be discussing right now if I'm willing to take that risk now according to good morning football the Giants will likely see running back Saquon Barkley by week three and although no one will rush him no one is completely ruled out week number one either now right now as I'm recording this video and as you're watching it it is August 8th this came out two days ago on August 6th. By the end of this month, maybe we'll ha we will have a better idea by the time a lot of people are drafting on what is going to be happening with Saquon Barkley. Is he going to straight up sit out for the first two weeks of the season, or is it going to be a load management? Because to me, what this report sounds like coming from Ian Rappaport is that they might not see him for the first two weeks of the season, and he might come out and play week three, but they're also not ruling out week number one. So to me, this seems like a bunch of vague mumbo jumbo, in my opinion. I think, personally, that if they sit Saquon Barkley out, which at this point, based upon all that we know right now, I assume is what is going to be happening. And if that is what is going to happen, I'm still drafting Saquon in the first round. If they give him a load management, I believe week one, on the load reduction where he's not playing as much. The guy's going to fucking tear it up. I believe that's exactly what's going to happen. He's going to just destroy the defense. And you know what they're going to do week two? Put him in at a 100% snap share where he normally would be as a dominant workhorse running back in the NFL. 
regardless of what happens, unless we hear reports that Saquon Barkley is really struggling in practice, that he just can't get it going at all, that I'm still drafting Saquon Barkley inside the first round. You want to know why? It's because I can compare this situation to something that happened a couple of years ago with Le'Veon Bell. Now, a bunch of years ago, Le'Veon Bell was suspended for the first two games, I believe, or the first three games of the the season for smoking some of that loud. He was smoking weed, so he got suspended. But guess what happened? He was still a top five pick in fantasy football. You want to know why? Because if you pair Le'Veon Bell, sure, he was going to miss three games, two games, whatever it was, then you just draft someone else later, and guess what? You slot that guy into your lineup, and you just combine their numbers at the end of the year. You say Saquon Barkley plus round whatever running back that you draft, and they're going to equal a top 12 running back, if not a top five running back, because when Saquon Barkley is healthy, the guy is amazing. Sure, last year, his stats were absolutely atrocious because he only played in two games, and both of those games were up against really tough defenses. But if you look at 2019, playing in 13 games, this guy had 217 carries, 18th highest at the running back position, 1,003 rushing yards, 15th at running back, 73 targets for 52 receptions, 438 receiving yards, and eight total touchdowns on 13 games. This is going to be a dominant pass-catching running back for the New York Giants. I understand that Daniel Jones does put a damper on the upside of Saquon Barkley because to me I don't really like Daniel Jones I think the guy's a turnover machine but it doesn't matter because even when Eli was playing like shit towards the end of his career Saquon Barkley was still leading up those fancy points when the offensive line isn't the best guess what still happens Saquon Barkley still eats so I'm still perfectly fine drafting Saquon Barkley inside of the first round as the running back six ish off the board which is where he is coming off the board right now but understand that if he misses a couple of games that it does not matter at all as long as he is healthy now again if these reports come out that Saquon Barkley is still messed up that he's not gonna be good to go maybe by week six or something like that they keep pushing back the timetable then I'm running clear away because that just tells me that they don't know what is happening with Saquon Barkley but based upon the information that we have right now to me Saquon Barkley is worth that first round pick you just pair him with a running back later and then at the end of the year you just add their numbers together and you're going to be finishing probably with a top five running back if Saquon Barkley is able to stay healthy I think a lot of this narrative is going to continue to be super confusing it's very vague to say that Saquon's going to be fine by week three He's going to be good to go by week three, but they're not going to rush him, and they're not ruling out week one either. That is the most confusing fucking situation ever, Joe Judge. Why don't you tell us exactly what's going to be happening? Maybe it's to get some type of competitive edge so your week one opponent isn't ready for Saquon Barkley. But I digress. I'm still fine drafting Saquon Barkley. Let me know what you guys think about all these risky running backs going in the early rounds. And let me know whether you would draft them or not at their current average draft position. Next up inside of the first round, we have running back Dalvin Cook, underdog ADP running back number two, overall pick 2.1 off the board. Now, Dalvin Cook is one of those running backs that most people just dub as injury prone. And I did a video with Dr. Edwin Porras about a couple of weeks ago at this point and we discussed Dalvin Cook and I'm going to be playing that video for you right now it's like a two minute clip about Dalvin Cook and it's going to tell you why there is a reason to be somewhat worried about Dalvin Cook because according to Dr. Edwin Porras he believes that Dalvin Cook is a higher risk to be drafting over Saquon Barkley and Saquon Barkley is not even going to be potentially out there for week number one so listen to that real quick and then we'll head back into this the thing about Dalvin Cook is he 
he's had three or four shoulder dislocations since high school. Mm-hmm. When you were fading him, you were fading him. Maybe you got there in a flawed way a little bit to a certain extent. Probably. Yeah. But you got to the right answer. He should have been somebody that you were looking at more cautiously than than I think that most people were. And I wrote about last year at fantasypoints.com. Regardless of what happened last year, he is still at a higher risk to re-dislocate those shoulders that he's had surgeries on. Um, this is the 2019 injury that everybody was, you know, that he famously had an issue with. Yeah. He 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 dislocated the shoulder. There is a four between a 40 and 52% chance that he will that will happen to him again in his career. Okay. The issue is that we don't know when, right? Mm. Sort of like injuries, sort of when it rains, it pours like it did for Christian McCaffrey. When it's good, it's good. And it's been good. It was good for him for 16 games. Um, I'm not guaranteeing that his shoulder is going to dislocate again because you can't guarantee those things. As long as he's playing a contact sport, though, it's really difficult to to not take that into into consideration. He is in the red light tier at my my tiers that I just published today. and he's the only player, sort of the top five running back type player in that tier. And Saquon is above him. I personally still view Dave, Dalvin Cook as the most as the riskiest top five running back option on the board. Okay. However, I also get it. The upside is astronomical. So I joked about, you know, somebody could turn around and tell me that I wear three pairs of socks to to bed too, <laughs> and I carry around two jackets just in case. Um, about Dalvin Cook, and I, I would get it, and I, I would get it, but that's personally where I weigh his injuries and his specific shoulder issues. That's how that's how I feel about it. So with all that said, I am still fine with drafting Dalvin Cook because of the injury history that Dalvin Cook has. But I'm just going to bake in the fact that I believe Dalvin Cook's probably going to miss two, three games of the season because that just seems like that's what he does every year. He never completes a season, but when this guy is healthy, When he is Dalvin Cook, he is going to be one of the better running backs in fantasy football. If you're trying to be really safe with your roster, Saquon Barkley is a guy that I probably would not target. Same thing goes with Dalvin Cook because Saquon Barkley, there's obviously a chance he doesn't play for a couple of games for Dalvin Cook. There's a chance that he ends up getting hurt again. There's a chance every player gets hurt, so every player has some risk embedded in them, but Dalvin Cook's risk is much higher than these other running backs. So if you're trying to be super safe, you're scared of injury, then don't draft Dalvin Cook. But Dalvin Cook's upside is genuinely running back number one overall in fantasy football, so that's the risk I am willing to take. He finished in 14 games last year as the running back two in PPR, running back number three in half PPR, and the running back number three in standard in 2020, averaging 24.1 PPR points per game, 22.6 half PPR points per game, and 21 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, Dalvin Cook was the RB3 in PPR, RB2 in half PPR, and the running back number two in standard. On a Minnesota Vikings offense that looked like they were trying to sling the fucking pigskin like they were the Kansas City Chiefs or something, because Kirk Cousins looked pretty solid last year, and Justin Jefferson had a really good season, Adam Thielen even had a pretty solid season so even with them not really being the super duper run heavy team that they were with Kevin Stefanski as the offensive coordinator Dalvin Cook was still able to put up some big points last year Dalvin Cook had a grand total of 312 carries for 1,500 
157 rushing yards, 111.2 per game, ranking number two at the running back position, 54 targets, 15th at running back, 44 receptions, 14th at running back for 361 receiving yards, 10th at running back, and 17 total touchdowns, ranking second at the running back position. Again, I will reiterate, there is certainly an injury risk with Dalvin Cook because of his prior injuries and his disposition, I believe is the word, to getting hurt again. His predisposition, I think, to getting injured again. But with that said, the numbers don't lie. When you look at the numbers, this is a guy that can finish as the running back one in fantasy football. And that's what you're looking for when you draft number two. Again, if you're trying to be super duper safe, then just draft Alvin Kamara there. Draft Derrick Henry there. But if you're willing to take a slight risk, I don't think this is a humongous risk where the light should be beaming off in your head. Holy shit, I shouldn't draft Alvin Cook because that's exactly what I thought going into last season. That this motherfucker is going to get injured again and he's going to screw your team over yet again. But guess what? He only missed two games, and when he was healthy, the guy is ultra-dominant on the Minnesota Vikings. So I'm willing to pull the trigger yet again this season. Well, I wasn't willing to pull the trigger last season, but I am ready this year at the number two overall spot. Basically, every single time, I'm going to be drafting Dalvin Cook. Now into round two, we begin here with Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts. Underdog ADP running back number 10. Overall pick 16.4 minus 4.04 slots on the week. Jonathan Taylor doesn't even have anything happen to him, right? He doesn't get hurt, but his offensive line, Quentin Nelson, and his quarterback, Carson Wentz, are expected to miss 5 to 12 weeks from the surgery date last week, meaning they could miss, like, one game, or they might be missing nine games, eight games of the season. So that's a timetable that is just as confusing as the Saquon Barkley one. Now, Jonathan Taylor's offensive line is still going to be solid, and the quarterback play is going to be okay. But losing Quinton Nelson and the other tackle they have there that they brought in, Fisher from the Chiefs, he's going to be gone until October. So this offensive line is clearly diminished, and Jacob Eason is not Carson Wentz. While I'm not a Carson Wentz believer, this is a big peg down for the offensive line and for the quarterback position. So my thoughts are that, hey, What if Jacob Eason kind of fucking sucks? What if he isn't playing the best and then the defense just loads the box and the offensive line isn't as good so Jonathan Taylor is getting hit behind the offensive line and he can't do anything because they know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to try to establish the run because of how good Jonathan Taylor is. And what if they're down big in these games and they start bringing in Naheem Hines more? Because Jonathan Taylor, while a very talented pass-catching running back, we saw it all the time last year, they were still using Naheem Hines in these pass-catching opportunities. And Naheem Hines was a pretty solid fantasy running back last year. So there's a lot of scenarios here that can go very wrong for Jonathan Taylor. Now he's falling outside of the first round on underdog. But if you watched all my mock drafts recently, you've noticed that he's still like a top six, top eight, top 10 pick in a lot of these mock drafts. So going where he's going right now on underdog at pick 16.4, I'm willing to draft him there inside of the second round because there's the baked in risk that, hey, Carson Wentz could miss more than half of the season potentially, and Quentin Nelson could miss more than half of the season, and that is going to hurt Jonathan Taylor for those games. But there's also the flip side of the argument where they're both perfectly fine by a week, two weeks, just a couple of weeks into the season, 
And then you got Jonathan Taylor as a steal inside of the second round. But if you go inside the top five, the top six, the top seven, I've kind of moved him out of that range. I don't believe you should be drafting him even in the middle of the first round. At the end of the first round, I'm fine taking him there. So if you're going to draft him at the beginning of the first round, somewhere in the middle, do not do that because there's too much risk, in my opinion, baked in with that with all of the injured players. But like I'm saying, if he falls, then it's just worth taking him because you know what Jonathan Taylor is. You know how talented Jonathan Taylor is, but there is a lot of risk baked into it. Last year, he had a grand total of 232 carries, eighth highest at the running back position, 1,169 rushing yards, third highest at running back, 41 targets, 36 receptions, 299 receiving yards, and 12 total touchdowns, ranking fourth at the running back position. There's also a worry that some people have that with Marlon Mack back, Mack back, the Mack attack is back, that... Maybe that slows things down even further for Jonathan Taylor. I don't really believe in that, if I'm being honest with you. But that is another factor that if you're worried about Jonathan Taylor, you might want to bake in with Marlon Mack getting some more usage over the other third running back that they had last season. So again, with Jonathan Taylor, draft him at the end of the first round or in the second round. Do not draft him in the middle of the first round because you want to know why? When you draft Ezekiel Elliott, there's no worry that Ezekiel Elliott, well, there is actually, that's kind of a bad example. There is some worry about Dak Prescott, but he should be good to go for week one. So there's no real worry about the quarterback. His offensive line didn't completely just all get hurt. While they don't have the greatest offensive line, that's not as much of a worry for Dak Prescott. Aaron, not Dak Prescott, for Ezekiel Elliott. Aaron Jones, nothing happened to Aaron Rodgers. He's back. The offensive line is still fine. There's no worries about that. So just draft them ahead of Jonathan Taylor. But then you get into that range where things get a little dicey, where it's Nick Chubb or Jonathan Taylor. Right now, I'm leaning Nick Chubb, but when you get into Austin Eckler versus Jonathan Taylor, I'm still leaning Austin Eckler, but it's close. And then you get past that, and then how can you take any of those other running backs, a Joe Mixon, a Najee Harris, an Antonio Gibson, over Jonathan Taylor? To me, that's a little bit crazy. So again, if you're in the first round early on, don't draft Jonathan Taylor. But if you're in the late first round or you're in the second round, then I'm very excited to be getting Jonathan Taylor at that discount because there's still a chance that Carson Wentz is perfectly fine early on in the season and as is Quentin Nelson. So before we get on in to the final running back that is risky that I want to be talking about in today's video, I want to let you guys know that if you did end up enjoying, to please make sure that you hit that subscribe button down below if you are new. And if you're not, make sure that you hit that like button down below. And let me know, please, what you guys think about these risky running backs. Am I off on this? Do you think that you should be completely drafting Jonathan Taylor in the first round? Do you think he's going to be fine? Do you hate drafting Dalvin Cook because you're a little bit worried about the injury? Are you opposite to me on Saquon Barkley where you're like, you know what, there's a little too much risk here with him potentially missing one to three games on the season with a reduced snap share? Let me know down below. So final running back here is DeAndre Swift, running back of the Detroit. Lions underdog ADP overall pick 33.0 running back number 18 off the board now the reason why I'm a bit squeamish a bit nervous about DeAndre Swift is because of the coach talk that's going on there Dan Campbell is talking about how they have a 1a 1b system there in Detroit with DeAndre Swift and with Jamal Williams he's talking about utilizing the hot hand approach the hot hand approach meaning if DeAndre Swift is hot, then you keep him with the ball. But if he's not as hot, he's not playing as well, then Jamal Williams gets the licks. He gets to go up there, and if he's balling, then DeAndre Swift's going to ride the bench. The hot hand approach. 
which is great for fantasy if DeAndre Swift can continue to be that hot hand, which I believe he will be fine at doing. But Jamal Williams is no slouch. That is the real biggest issue here. Jamal Williams, while he was behind Aaron Jones, because to me, Aaron Jones is one of the better running backs in the NFL. I don't think DeAndre Swift is necessarily there yet. DeAndre Swift's a pretty good pass-catching running back, but so is Jamal Williams. So I think we're going to see a lot of these games where they're relatively close in snap share. And another factor going up against DeAndre Swift that makes him risky is the fact that the Detroit Lions defense sucks complete and utter ass. This defense is embarrassing. They are going to be getting their back blown out all game long. All game long, just bent over the table relentlessly by these offenses. And then you have Jared Goff there, not Matthew Stafford. You have these wide receivers that aren't Kenny Galladay. They're not Marvin Jones. You don't have a great offensive line. And you add Jamal Williams to this situation, and they're probably going to have to throw the ball a lot late in the game because the defense is ass. The receivers are not the greatest. So DeAndre Swift could be catching some passes, which is good, which is great. But running back 15, I don't know about that. I, I don't know about that because I think that price is a little too heavy. I think that's a little too high of a price because there's a lot of running backs in that range that I think are a lot safer. Because early on in the draft, to me, you want to be very, very safe on in the draft. I don't want to be drafting a running back that I think's team is terrible and won't be touching the ball that much. I want to keep it safe. I want to draft a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in that range, right? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know what the Chiefs are. They're going to be really fucking good. I want to get maybe a less risky running back. And Antonio Gibson sometimes falls even further back in that range. A David Montgomery is much safer than a DeAndre Swift. So again... I'm not here to tell you not to draft DeAndre Swift because I've drafted him multiple times on this channel, but you never see me pick him and get super excited because of the drawbacks to him. I'm going to pick him and I'm going to feel just about fine about it. He's my running back too. It is what it is, but I think his upside is severely capped by Jamal Williams being there and by the fact that there's no more Matthew Stafford, there's Jared Goff, and all these factors on the team that are going against him. Last year, DeAndre Swift played in 13 total games, finishing as the RB18 in PPR, 18.5 PPR, and the RB20 in standard, averaging 14.6 PPR points per game, 12.8 half PPR points per game, and 11.1 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, DeAndre Swift was the running back 18 in PPR, 20.5 PPR, and the RB22 in standard, tied with about 60 million other running backs. He had 114 carries on the season, 521 rushing yards, 57 targets, 46 receptions, 357 receiving yards, and 10 total touchdowns. This year, the chance that DeAndre Swift becomes the guy is much easier than last year when he was a rookie because there was just so many other running backs on that team. Adrian Peterson was there, they had Carrion Johnson, and they had DeAndre Swift. So he was definitely... Now, Adrian Peterson's not the old Adrian Peterson, and Carrion Johnson isn't the greatest of running backs, but he was a rookie, and he was stuck behind these other players. But now, he should be the clear number one guy, but with this talk about Jamal Williams being heavily utilized, I'm a lot more worried about DeAndre Swift. But I'm really hoping if you're drafting DeAndre Swift, he's a back half of the third round pick rather than a early round third round pick because that price, I don't really like paying and I'm fine drafting DeAndre Swift. But again, I don't really feel positive or negative. I just feel neutral about doing it. Like I'm going to do it, but it's not going to get me, like I said earlier, it's not going to get me excited. I'm just going to draft him and be like, fuck it, I got DeAndre Swift. Let's just hope that the Lions defense does something so that maybe they can run the ball or maybe that Jamal Williams just stinks in Detroit, which 
to me, there's not the highest odds of that. So DeAndre Swift is a running back that is risky that I will draft. Jonathan Taylor, risky. We'll draft him later on in the first round or in the second round. Dalvin Cook, I'm perfectly fine with, but I understand the injury risk. And Saquon Barkley, if he's going in the top five, I'm not drafting him, but if he's falling back into the late first round, I'm pretty excited to draft Saquon Barkley at that discount. So thank you guys all for watching this video. Let me know down below, again, what you guys thought about these risky running backs. Do you like them? Do you hate them? Let me know down below. And let me know if I missed on any running backs that maybe you want to talk about. We can have a nice conversation in the comment section below. Make sure you check out Osmo.com for all of my articles. Make sure you hit that like button, that subscribe button. I love all of you guys. Thank you so much for watching this video. Happy Sunday. One more day of the weekend, which is today. And then we got work on Monday, but it is what it is. We're going to have a great rest of the week. It's still the summer. We're having a great time. And guess what, guys? Football is coming up soon. I love you guys. Thank you so much for watching. Have a great rest of your guys' day. As always, good boy.